jasoncharles.net. Deep talk, talk, deep deep sounds. Hey, this is Evie Grieve. The following podcast is not affiliated with East Village Eye, the monthly magazine of popular and avant-garde culture that existed in print from May 1979 to January of 1987. However, if you'd like more information about this legendary downtown publication and for archives and exclusive merchandise, including East Village Eye t-shirts and accessories, go to eastvillageeye.com or printedmatter.org. This is the East Village Eye on jasoncharles.net. This is Delphine Blue for the premiere episode of the East Village Eye on jasoncharles.net. And I'm Delphine Blue, and I'm really glad to be here in my hometown, the East Village, and talking to a very illustrious and legendary character. I'm sitting here with the one and only Evie Grieve. Hello, Delphine. Thank you. That was quite an intro. I appreciate that. But it's meant really sincerely because you really keep tabs on everything in the East Village. I try to. It's it's challenging at times because there's always so much going on. But I, you know, I, I am grateful that there are so many people, so many residents who want to share information, pass along a tip. Uh, whether it's a new restaurant opening, a restaurant closing, something going on in a community garden. So I, I really appreciate through the years, it's coming on to year number 12, that people have been so responsive and want to be part of the site. And, uh, you know, I think that's what kind of helps make it, the site feel a little bit like a community and also this neighborhood of this village kind of feel like a community as well. Mm. I have a million things that I would love to ask you. Okay. But well, I just I- want to tell you in advance that like most people... I had no idea what you look like, Mm. and I was a little bit upset that when I met you today, I would now know what you look like, and like I think a lot of people, I had picked out a guy who I thought was Evie Grieve. Yeah, there there are a couple of us out there that we we have like a couple, you know, fake guys who are just sort of walking (laughs) around, and, and, and fake women too, so I think at least a few times they've sent a proxy places just to... I mean, only because I couldn't go there, couldn't attend a meeting and someone showed up and they said, well, I'm Evie Grieve. And so, you know, so that's happened sometimes. But I, you know, I kind of frown upon that. I need to keep it ethical and make sure we follow the rules of the blogosphere and everything. So Right. But you do sort of have a Banksy persona, <laughs> you know, in a way you do. And, and that's kind of great that nobody really can go, oh, that's him. I saw him. Yeah, I mean, the whole website started because, you know, I don't know if we want to go into the story. How well, that's started. what I do want to go oh, into. Okay. Yeah. Well, you, Was that intentional to sort of be on the down low or how, how did it start and how long have you been in the East Village? Well, I've been in the East Village almost 25 years now and the site started officially December 21st, 2007. And, uh, you know, I'd been, I, I actually had a diff, uh, another blog before that one. I was just kind of playing around with the blogger platform. It was mostly music videos stuff that I like from the 80s no one I mean no one knew this site existed except a couple of former roommates who were like oh my god he played Bronski beat you know or something like that <laughs> and so I'd get an email from them and I would like you know maybe that one of them would leave a comment but it was just a way for me to just to sort of I've always had a thing about 
you know, I love music and I've, I've done a little radio in, in a previous life. And so it's kind of a way to do that. Plus I was sort of getting into the, when, you know, blogging kind of became like a, an in thing. And, um, so anyway, moving forward, um, you know, I was reading Jeremiah's Vanishing New York it was, you know, a fellow East villager. And that was very influential to me following along, you know, seeing, Oh, someplace else clothes that I really like, or, you know, I was really feeling the, you know, shaking my fist at, the establishment or whatever. But anyway, there's a story that came out on page six in the New York Post that Mona's and Sophie's two longtime bars in the East Village were going to be for sale. The owner was like, you know, just he's going to pack it up. He's going to, you know, wanted to do something else. I was someone who spent a lot of time at Sophie's and it was a very special place to me. And, and a lot of characters, and I mean that in a very positive way, from the neighborhood. It was like almost like this community center on certain times, like Saturday afternoon, people were doing their laundry and coming in and out. It was like this little soap opera. I was very upset by this, so I, I decided that I was going to start a Sophie's blog where I'd chronicle news about the bars being for sale, and eventually then I would start reaching out to some of the regulars and maybe doing a, a video interview with them and just kind of creating this time capsule, this special time and place. Well, lo and behold, about <laughs> three weeks after I launched this endeavor, which I told no one about, it turned out that the bars were going to stay in the family. Bob, the owner, was selling it to his brother, Richard, who was already, you know, was sort of a manager, and they were going to be exactly as they were. So I'm like, well, it's just sort of, no one knew about it, really. And so when I found out that the bars were going to just be exactly as they were, it seemed like, well, let's just stop. For some reason, Jeremiah Moss, when he did a post about Sophie's, God knows how he found my site, Sophie's Bar Blog or whatever the name, very clever name, spent a lot of money on market research for that one. <laughs> he, and he found the blog, he linked to it. And, you know, there's a little counter at the bottom of the blog where it tells you how many people are on the site at that certain time. And the number is always at one because I was the only person who was ever on the site. The day he linked to me, I didn't know he linked to me until later. I looked down, I was like, <gasps> 13 there's a 13 and then it was like 30 i'm like oh my god i think i actually took a photo of like there's 37 people on my site now anyway i found out that jeremiah linked to me so anyway he he was aware of it and um he encouraged me to keep the blog going and maybe cover other things and so so it wasn't just cheers of the east village he, exactly so <laughs> i you know so at the time i never told anyone i started this site and it just and i just kind of kept going and it was just and I think somewhere along the line, Curbed and Gothamist somehow found something that I'd written. No, it was a repost from an old New York Magazine article from the 70s called There Goes the Neighborhood, you know, the, the end of the Lower East Side. And it was very, you know, it was very funny to kind of read it in, in you know, 20 some years later. Anyway, a couple of sites picked it up and, you know, and I started getting more traffic, more and a little more interest. And so I kind of kept it going. But going back to finally answering your question, I mean, I started this thing just like on a whim and I never really had, you know, any kind of business plan and no one really knew about it except like one or two people. So it just seemed easier just to keep going the way it was. It was organic. Yeah. And, and it wasn't really a site about me. It wasn't like, hey, this is why I, I went out and did this today or I saw this band. These guys are great at the Mercury Lounge or I, mean, I had the best dinner last night at Odessa. Their, their pot roast this week is just, you know, supreme. You know, I wasn't really going to, you know, I don't think anyone would really care what he had for dinner or I got ice cream at Ray's you know, it's, this place is great. You guys should come on over. So it's really just, you know, observations about the neighborhood photos and some news and, uh, you know, kind of kept going from there. You know, it's interesting. The minute you put it in the eye context, I sort of got 
momentarily repulsed. Exactly. And I realize that one of the things that's so great about your site is that it's about places and it's it's never about the individual although there are, there are the um the bios of the longtime east village residents right that's and there are isn't the um the people who inhabit rent stabilized apartments yes yeah i'm a rent stabilized tenant yes me that too i know <laughs> uh, that i i am not but that is the name of the uh, feature oh oh, oh. unfortunately <laughs> I'm, i am a market rate tenant now uh, unfortunately but uh we do highlight people or places. But, but that still isn't, I did this, exactly. I did this. And I, I've had a post about it, uh, one particular restaurant and a particular dish at this restaurant. I, it, it's been sitting in drafts for months now. I'm like, eh, I don't know if I really want to write about this, like some special meal that I like. So it's, I don't know. It'll probably just, I have 3,800 draft posts that I've just never gotten around to finishing. Oh my God. I might just go back actually and just, published them. Okay, I started writing this on December 11th, 2009. I didn't finish it. You know, it's a half thought like, oh, I'm seeing more and more, you know, tags on the wall of this or that. And so I started this collection and I, eh, you know, I get four examples and I just don't follow through. I think but. it's a safe bet. If you publish them, people will want to read them. Hmm. Okay. I think, well. I think people are that interested in you. Okay. So where did that, when and where did the name E.B. Grieve come into the story? Oh boy, that is a good question. I wish I had a good answer for that because it, again, the site started as Sophie's Bar Blog and then somewhere along the line, you know, I actually remember running the name by Jeremiah because Jeremiah Moss is also a pen name for him. And we, I think I ran a name by Mike E.V. being for East Village. And, you know, at the time, at the early stages, the site, uh, this first few months, maybe the first year of the site was really more about, you know, oh, another place closed, another, you know, another coffin, nail in the coffin, the, you know, that kind of thing. And so Grieve kind of came out of that. Uh, the site is a lot less about that these days. I mean, somewhere along the lines, many years ago, it sort of, became like, oh, another Dwayne Reed, we're doomed, you know, another nail salon, that's it, I'm packing up. Uh, somewhere along the line, it just sort of became, hey, this restaurant opened, this restaurant closed, this is, or, you know, just observations, posts about the red-tailed hawks of Tompkins Square Park or something. So it became less, I think early on, I was trying too hard to have a voice in, because Jeremiah Moss had been influential in me starting my site, I thought, oh, I do Jer- Jeremiah, and, uh, you know, we already have a, a great Jeremiah Moss, so... We didn't need another one. You mentioned before we started that uh, you had interviewed Jeremiah Moss at one time, and your first question to him was, how long have you been shopping at the Gap? Yeah, yeah. Which is just, very funny, yeah, of course, well, you know. knowing who the two of you are. But do you remember the Gap on uh, St. Mark's and Second? I do, I do. I remember uh, Ada Calhoun wrote the, you know, she had the book, St. Mark's is Dead, and somewhere in the middle of the book, she has, like, photos, some archival photos, and, you know, she had one in there of the Gap from 1993. I was doing a post about something, I don't remember, Kmart, and I was trying to find a photo of the Gap, and I could not find one anywhere. I mean, I, I searched like days to trying to find a photo of that Gap. I mean, you know, it was, I think it closed in what, the mid to late 90s? I mean, it was, wasn't, I guess it was a long time ago, but uh, I do remember that. I think Kim's was upstairs. Yeah, it was greatly unloved. Yeah. Yeah, I feel a little sad for it as to the degree of unlovedness there was for that store. Yeah. In that poor corner at St. Mark's and 2nd Avenue, it was at that vegan ice cream shop, and it's been just sitting there empty now. For, it's prime, like the primest space in these villages just sitting there empty. And every once in a while, it was called DF Mavens. Every once in a while, I walk by, and there's like a past due rent notice on the door. And it's like, these guys are still on the hook for a lot of money. There's like $26,000 a month for that space. And it's just, 
It looks know? like somebody's refurbishing something. Yeah, there. it looks the, like uh, that is true. And uh, Stephen, who's one of uh, the contributors to the site, he is all over that story. Like walks by every day and you know looks and you know asks the workers, "Hey, what's coming here?" And he'll pick a different worker every day, I think. And you know they're the least reliable source of information. They just I don't know. It's some kind of restaurant, so <laughs> I don't know. So some kind of restaurant is opening there. My I'm going with ice cream. Or some kind of dessert. Oh That's, no! It's a crazy, not more crazy, ice cream. Crazy oh guess. no! Not more. I, well, do, do you do you have any information about the um, the absence of Mr. Softy trucks in the East Village? Didn't you, you must have noticed that there are many less of them? I think so. I don't know if it was some sort of organized campaign against them. People like calling the local community board and saying, you know, this is it. You got to get rid of these trucks, get them out of the neighborhood, or keep them, you know, on the periphery of the neighborhood. I, I don't really know. I mean, I that is a, that's true. You don't seem as much especially around Tompkins Square Park I saw a few this past summer recall on Avenue C and maybe a couple of the side streets but uh, you're right they're they're not around as they used much as they used I, to be I, I'm I'm partial to Mr. Softy I hate to say what I, was the imitation it was like Mr. N- New York yeah something but the name was very similar it was like Mr. Uh, Softy it was like New York Softy it was something very close there's lawsuits and the truck looked exactly like and they're fooling people I don't know I, oh no I'm talking about a much later thing oh, where it was okay. like New York there there have been these purple and white trucks mm. that are but like Jeremiah would you ever consider writing a book wow I don't know if I have a book in me I'm not really Jeremiah writes these really lovely eloquent essays and I'm not really the essay type I mean I sort of you know it's more like dictation I'm just like make sure like there's not uh, you know the grammar is pretty clean not too many typos but I, I don't know if I necessarily you know I have a few ideas for like fiction but not necessarily something like the historical book about these village or anything the 500 page version of Evie Grieve yes yeah then in 2009 yeah I don't really know if I have that in me by the way I just want to say that I'm Delphine Blue and I'm talking to the one and only Evie Grieve I am sitting here with Evie Grieve it's Evie Grieve (laughs) like here and uh this is the premiere episode of the East Village Eye on jasoncharles.net You've been listening to The East Village Eye on jasoncharles.net. The previous podcast is not affiliated with East Village Eye, the monthly magazine of popular and avant-garde culture that existed in print from May 1979 to January of 1987. However, if you'd like more information about this legendary downtown publication and for archives and exclusive merchandise, including East Village Eye t-shirts and accessories, go to eastvillageeye.com or printedmatter.org. To continue to follow the podcast with Evie Grieve, please keep an eye out for Eye on the East Village from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and jasoncharles.net podcast network talk shows. jasoncharles.net Deep talk, deep sounds. That was so deep.